Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 157 is entitled Some Random Thoughts on Addiction, Part 1. If you have been following the podcast, you'd realize by now that I believe everything, both of the temporal world and the spiritual world, is governed by law, by absolute unalterable law. In addition, all laws governing our world have conditions and consequences, or according to the principle of causality, cause and effect. Conditions must be necessary and sufficient to bring about the effect. A condition is necessary if the effect cannot occur without it. Conditions are sufficient if all conditions necessary are met. We may govern the effect only by one, understanding the necessary and sufficient conditions. Two, by applying them to our lives, in other words, by obeying the conditions. If we want anything of a temporal or spiritual nature, we must obey the laws that bring it about. We do not live in an accidental universe. That is one of the greatest fallacies of theoretical science. It is false. It violates the very fabric that holds the universe together. It violates all the laws of practical science. It violates logic. It violates all natural law. It denies observation. It reduces science to sorcery, creating a universe where anything can happen. In such a world of fantasy, things can appear from nowhere out of nothing and disappear into nothingness. It is a world with only the illusion of order, filled with fantasy where all things are rendered meaningless. It creates a serendipity of silliness. Obedience to law is the key to temporal and spiritual blessings. The study of natural law begins with observation. The study of spiritual law begins with faith. But both will lead to law, to absolute law, to irrevocable law, which is the road to truth. Any other route is a will of the wisp, a false light that leads into a dark forest of confusion. Consider truth and law as inseparable, as synonyms, as two sides of the same coin. One is not possible without the other. Everything is made of matter. That should be a primary assumption for any search for truth. The primary difference between the temporal world and the spiritual world is the constitution of matter. In the spiritual world, matter is irreducible and immortal and therefore must be governed by spiritual laws. It cannot be seen with mortal eyes or mortal instruments, no matter how refined. It can only be discerned with spiritual eyes by the power of God. All mortal matter is reducible and thus subject to entropy. Temporal laws have no power over the spirit. However, spiritual laws which are eternal have power over both the temporal world and the spiritual world. That is why we can overcome all temptations of the flesh. That is why we have free will. That is why we have agency. That is why we are not animals, and why we are not robots, and why we are not machines. Three of the great fallacies of theoretical science. They are the products of atheism, the denial of intelligent design. Every problem has a solution, and we will discover that solution if we find the cause and meet the conditions. Some laws we must discover by faith. Some laws we must discover by science. Everything is governed by opposites, order and chaos, good and evil, right and wrong, health and sickness, freedom and captivity. Another principle of law that we must understand is that all laws are positive. That which is negative comes only by violation of law. 
All sin, for example, is disobedience to law. There is no law of chaos, no law of evil, no law of captivity. Chaos is caused by the absence of law, not the presence of law. Chaos is a natural state. Law alone brings order out of chaos. Law alone perfects, protects, and preserves that order. There is a law of order, good, right, health, freedom, and so on. The opposite is the consequence of broken laws. Obedience to law brings order. Disobedience to law brings chaos. Obedience to law brings happiness. Disobedience to law brings misery. Obedience to law brings freedom. Disobedience to law brings captivity. Obedience to law brings creation. Disobedience to law brings destruction. You get the point. All misery is the consequence of broken laws. It is with that assumption that I offer the following random thoughts or random observations concerning overcoming addictions of any sort. First of all, let me say that I believe that the 12-step program was inspired of God. Statistics show that it has helped millions of addicts. One summer, as an ecclesiastical counselor, I was invited by an addict to attend his weekly NA and AA meetings. I was graciously accepted by the group. Unfortunately, the story of my friend ended in tragedy, driven by an inexcusable crime against an innocent person. During the meetings, I read all the literature and heard many inspiring stories. I was amazed at their courage and determination as they became my teachers. I pretend no authority, nor do I offer alternative methods. The techniques of treatment I leave to my betters. That must be left in the hands of experts. The purpose of this podcast is to offer hope. In line with the 12-step program, I believe that the solution is first spiritual and next temporal and that every addict has reason to believe that they can overcome their addiction. In the following, I present arguments for improving spiritual strength, which I believe is the beginning of all recovery. I am limited in this podcast to the three theological virtues that hold the keys to overcoming addictions. In my opinion, anyone who begins their recovery process on the foundation of the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity, will have a better chance at conquering their addiction. These principles run through the entire recovery process. First, faith. Everything begins with faith. Giving up smoking, even getting out of bed. I have mentioned in previous podcasts the triadic structure of faith. Faith in self, faith in others, and faith in God. Generally, all three levels of faith are necessary to overcome addiction. It is like a three-legged stool. If even one leg is missing, the stool totters. Faith is necessary for two of the greatest gifts of God. One, faith precedes the miracle. Two, faith precedes hope. They are causally connected. Faith cannot be separated from action. James in the New Testament gives us the following counsel in terms of conquering addiction. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by
by my works. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? To be effective, we must apply scriptures to ourselves. Let me take some liberties with James and present his message as if he were speaking directly to addicts. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith to overcome addictions, and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be addicted and destitute of daily help, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body to overcome addiction, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith to overcome addiction, and I have works to overcome addiction. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith to overcome addiction by my works. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith to overcome addictions without works is dead. Number two, hope. Paul said that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The things hoped for, of course, are that one can overcome his or her addiction. Faith gives birth to that hope. Idle faith has little value. One must act. Through action, faith gives us hope. Consider faith as the first plateau in conquering the mountain of addiction. Consider hope as the second plateau. Until one reaches the plateau of hope, healing cannot begin. Faith is a step into the dark. Hope is a step into the light. Hope is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is born out of uncertainty. Hope is born out of revelation. Hope is the point where truth and light begin to remove the darkness. Faith begins just before dawn when things are at their darkness. Hope begins at dawn when light announces the rising of the sun. We have hope the moment we realize we can overcome our addiction. Healing begins with hope. Healing does not end with hope. Faith and hope act together. When faith dies, hope dies. Faith precedes hope. Hope precedes the miracle. Faith in self and faith in others can bring about marvelous things, but only faith in God can bring about miracles. Miracles are not the gifts of an arbitrary God. Miracles also are governed by law, just as all other consequences are governed by law. Just as there is no accidental universe, there are no accidental miracles. A miracle is an act of God governed by spiritual law, brought about by faith, and set in motion through prayer. It is possible for people to combine their faith in prayers to bring about a united purpose, hence personal prayer, relying on personal faith. Community prayer relied on the faith of others. Some rely upon fasting and prayer. Increased faith increases the hope for miracles. Faith and hope are not intangibles. They are founded on law. Faith plus action turns to power. Power turns to hope. Hope turns to miracles. Number three, charity. In Paul's definition of charity, we find the third virtue necessary to overcome addiction. It contains 16 necessary attributes for increasing spiritual power in overcoming addictions. In fact, Paul tells us that charity is the greatest of the three theological virtues. He explains why. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. 
doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, charity never faileth. Paul lists 16 attributes, or 16 virtues of charity. Examine each attribute or virtue and ask yourself, how, as an addict, can I benefit by applying these virtues in overcoming my addiction? They immediately become self-evident. 1. Suffers long, patient, endures all adversity. 2. Is kind, is grateful for those who help. 3. Envies not, rejoices in the success of others. 4. Vaunteth not itself, not boastful, does not presume that one can do it alone. 5. Is not puffed up. Humility is not arrogant or prideful. Wisely accepts counsel and help and advice from others. 6. Does not behave itself unseemingly. Upright, mature, decent. 7. Seeks not her own. Unselfish. 8. Is not easily provoked. Slow to anger, patient with those who try to help controls passion. 9. Thinks no evil. Replaces evil thoughts with good thoughts. Replaces negative thoughts with positive thoughts. Does not blame God or others for their suffering. Takes personal responsibility. A line in Job addresses that issue. He has just learned that his sons were killed because a great wind hit the four corners of the house causing it to crush them. Describing Job's grief, the author reported, In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. 10. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, does not lie, cheat, steal, etc. 11. Rejoices in the truth, seeks the truth, searches for ways to overcome addiction. 12. Bears all things, patient and long-suffering, does not give up. 13. Believes all things, believes in himself, believes in others, believes in God. 14. Hopes all things, knows he can overcome the addiction. 15. Endures all things, never quits no matter how many failures, patient in suffering. 16. Charity never fails, never gives up hope. That should be the motto of every addict who wants to overcome their addiction. Perhaps it should be read daily. But surely the phrase, charity never fails, should give hope to every addict. In part two, I shall present other attributes. But the three theological virtues establish the foundation upon which one should govern his behavior during recovery and always. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.